All right. We are here with Chef Edith at Our Town Catering, and she is located in Sitka, Alaska. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name is Edith. I'm the owner of Our Town Catering, and like Mitch said, I live in Sitka, Alaska. All right. And what got you interested in being a chef up here in Alaska? Well, I got my start living in St. Louis, Missouri. I got a job uh, working for the St. Louis Cardinals, and from there it kind of snowballed into uh, my career working for professional sports teams. And then um, I got pregnant with my daughter and decided that I wanted to move home and raise her in, uh, in Sitka. And uh, what unique challenges do you have being a chef up here? Um, ordering for one, you can't just call Cisco and get something delivered the next day. Um, you have to predict the future and basically uh, predict sales for every week um, in advance. And so um, it's kind of a gamble. You don't know what item's going to sell. And um, so you just, you just go with projections and hope that you're right. And now with the ordering issue, how important is being able to make connections with uh, local purveyors such as your fishermen, your farmers, other purveyors like that compared to being able to just call Cisco and order it? Um, It's very important. That's why my business, uh, we specialize in locally harvested food so that we go through as many local vendors as we possibly can. I think uh, I like being able to meet the person that I'm getting the food from, number one. And number two, um, I feel like it's a little bit more dependable. Excellent. And being somebody that deals with sustainability and local source so much, what would you say your favorite Alaskan local sourced item? Seafood, definitely. Anything from the ocean is delicious when it comes to living in Southeast Alaska. Um, we have the best fishermen. We have the best seafood. Um, it is it is for sure my favorite thing to work with. All right. And what what local events are have you been working on and been doing? I know you just did a very big Sitka event here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have quite a few big events this upcoming month. Um, I have the Well Fest, which is going to be on Saturday. And that is a longtime Sika tradition. This will be, I believe, my third year catering this event. And it's a banquet for about 220 people. And then um, it also focuses on locally harvested food. So we'll be having, we'll be having fish for this. And then I also have the Raptor Center Banquet uh, the weekend after that. And that's another really large event. It's another 230 people played at dinner. And this year it's going to be a Vikings theme. So, Oh, wow. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. On your chef side, what would you say for uh, young, young people? Because I know you do do a lot of events with the schools and stuff. And for young people that are interested in becoming a chef here in Alaska, what advice would um, you have for them? I would say that um, going to culinary school is is really great. Um, it gets you a degree and it gets you the good experience that you need, but I don't think it's necessary. This day and age, if you get student debt, you hold on to it for a really long time. And, and honestly, I've had really great cooks working alongside me that have just worked their way up through the ranks. Like, don't be afraid to start as a dishwasher. That's where I started. 
and don't be afraid to to stage and work for free because I did that for an entire year. I feel like I learned so much just being in the kitchen and applying um, everyday skills. It's it's good to have a degree. It's good to go to school, but I don't think in this culinary, I don't think in the culinary career is really necessary. Okay. You mentioned uh, staging. Now for people that don't really know what staging is, do you want to kind of explain that a little bit? Uh, Yeah, you work for free. You're basically the kitchen bitch and you do whatever (laughs) the executive chef says you're going to do. And and you just give it a yes, chef, and you and you go along with it. Like I said, I staged for a year, and he started me in the dish pit. So I literally worked my way up from dishwashing to owning my own restaurant. And how long of time frame has that been? From when you first got into the kitchen to starting Our Town Catering? Uh, professionally cooking, I think I'm going on, let's see... Um, eight years. Oh, wow. So a lot of hard work and dedication. It's not unrealistic to move, move from being that dish, the dish bitch, as we all know is called in the industry up to owning your own place. Right. Yeah. And I bought my restaurant, um, about three years ago. So it took me five years. Oh, wow. Question. If you could cook with any person, who would it be? Anthony Bourdain. Sure, Anthony Bourdain. The legend himself. The legend himself, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I've read all of his books. He's one of them. I really like Marco Pierre White also. He'd be another one. Um, But yes, if if I could cook with anyone, I would definitely cook with Anthony Bourdain. Now, what's one of your favorite memories of cooking? Um, Probably one of the best memories I've had cooking was working for the St. Louis Cardinals when they won the World Series. Being in St. Louis on the final game when they won the World Series and um, Nolan Ryan brought in a bunch of his beef from his packing company. He's uh, from the Texas Rangers. And he had our kitchen cook it in um, in case they won the World Series. And they ended up not winning, and so we ate all of Nolan Ryan's beef um, for employee <laughs> lunch, and it was just like it was so sweet—the <laughs> victory, that, the beef, all of it. That has to be one of the family meals you'll never forget. It is for sure. Now, working with the Cardinals, interested in doing something like that. How how do they get started with something? If they want to start with a more of a commercial setting than a small setting. Yeah, corporate chef, that's a whole nother animal. I think for me, I just, I was in culinary school. So um, I got an interview with the executive chef for the um, the Cardinal Club, which is uh, the club that feeds the seats behind home plate. And so it's the season taker, ticket holders. It's the, it's the big ballers. Um, we fed them their buffet every day before uh, every home game. And my first job in that kitchen was basically cutting crostinis and pita chips and making dips. I did that for probably three months before I decided to talk to my executive chef and see if he would move me around the kitchen a little bit. 
And um, basically, I just kept saying, what's next? So I would master station, and then I would go to my executive chef, and I would say, what's next? Like, where else can you put me? Like, what else can I learn? Like, I was constantly on his ass about making sure that I didn't get stuck in a single position. And um, I think in the corporate setting, that's what you have to do to be recognized. Because um, as uh, someone who was a corporate chef, you get comfortable having people in these positions because they've been doing it for so long and they do it so well that um, when it comes to promoting, you kind of overlook them because you're so, you're happy that they're in that position and that they're doing it well. And it's a pain in the ass to train somebody else. And so I think for you as an individual working in a corporate setting, like you have to be your best advocate. Like you have to go to the executive chef. You have to make yourself known. You have to let them know that you don't want to be, you know, cutting crostinis for three years. Like three months is good. Like move up. Like you want to do something else. So I think me being my own advocate is probably the best advice I could give uh, anyone who's starting in a corporate setting is to, it's don't be afraid to to speak up and to let them know that yes you're there but you're there to move up and um and not to pass you over excellent yeah so uh, another thing i want to get your opinion on is uh you did mention anthony Bowden, and one of the big things he always talked about was the kitchen lifestyle burnout me and you both been in kitchens for a while we know burnout's a major thing what's your way of dealing with burnout um, you know, I, uh, I don't like this, this is like the quote I give my staff. I'm sure I gave it to you too. Like I don't demand perfect people. I just demand perfect food. So, I, yes. I heard that many times. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, come in, you know, I'm sure you party the night before and you come in and, uh, you're not feeling it, but you know, I, I mean, I don't care. Like what you do in your home life or your off life, like as long as you come in and you're ready to cook, you know, if I have to have a supply of Red Bull in the walk-in or like if you need a shot, if you need a hair of a dog to get you through the day, like <laughs> let's just do it and let's get through it. Um, you know, I, 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 I understand the type of people that this industry draws and it's usually not like the most sane people. And so, um, I mean, working these long hours, uh, not a lot of people would want to do that for the type of money that a lot of these restaurants want to pay. So I think for me, um, when it comes to the restaurants, you know, it's kind of, uh, like I just have to find that unicorn, that one person that can kind of do it all. But when it comes to catering, I mean, I put my money where my mouth is. Like, I definitely overpay to make sure that I have, like, the best of the best when it comes to catering for my clients. Now, speaking of catering, so I know being some of the events I've done with you and the events you do, what is the weirdest request you've gotten for a catering? Um, well, I do a lot of the private jets that come in town. And so I think the private jet orders are usually the ones that kind of make, you know, make my head shake. Um, I get a lot that they want everything weighed out. They want shit that we cannot get in Sika, and I have to tell them that we can't get it and they don't understand why. I think, yeah, the private jet ones would probably be the ones that I've gotten the most odd requests. 
Yeah, most people, when it comes to catering, they want, you know, seafood and they want meat and they want potatoes. So I wouldn't say that I've gotten like too many odd requests when it comes to the catering style other than private jets, which obviously if they have a private jet, then they can get whatever they want. You know, if they, if they want to pay me hundred dollars an hour to weigh out lettuce, well then fuck, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't, can't argue with that math. Right. <laughs> so now, um, I know one thing you're very big for there in Sitka, and people coming up to visit Sitka have not experienced Sitka until they get pelminis. Yes. Are you still doing the pelminis on, yeah. on the weekends? Yeah, we are. In fact, um, we're working on our packaging license right now, so hopefully we'll be able to get them into some grocery stores here. Yeah, so we hand roll pelminis every week. I have a husband and wife duo that come in and uh, it's kind of a two or three day process. They come in and make all the doughs and uh, chop all the ingredients and get the meat put together and let everything rest overnight. And then they come in and uh, start rolling and we have hand presses. So I have five hand presses and each one is 24 dumplings at a time. And so we line them up and cover them with dough and fill them with meat and then put another sheet of dough on them and roll it out with a pin. And yeah, I think this week he made me uh, 3,300 of them by hand. And so uh, that'll get me through probably a week since we had Stardust and we sold Palminis. I, I can personally vouch for being in different parts of Alaska that Edith's Palminis are the best there is in Alaska, period. Now, uh, you want to tell people what a Palmini is if they're not familiar with it? Yeah, it's a Russian dumpling and it is basically everything you could ever want in a late night snack, especially if you are absorbing the bad choices that you've made that night. Um, <laughs> they uh, just satisfy those late night cravings, which is why we only sell them at night. But we also sell them to a local restaurant. They have them on their appetizer menu, so you can get them during the day. But it is like a toothier dough. We fill ours with the ground pork fresh herbs, um, fresh garlic, onion, and then we top it with sour cream, curry powder, sriracha, and cilantro, and it gets served over a piece of marble rye bread. The thing, when our dumplings come out of the boiling water, we dunk them into onion butter, and then we serve them, so you get this, like, really nice kind of greasy, toothy, porky, dough and it's just so yummy (laughs) i am hungry now just listening to that now uh for for people coming into sitka where where's the best way for them to find you facebook come by the shop uh yeah facebook for sure is where i do most of my updating for um specials that we have going on for lunches and for um basically anything that we're doing catering they'll they'll know where we're at um if they're friends with us on facebook all right, and uh, it's just our, our town catering? Yep. All right, and we will have a link for that on our page, too, for anyone that wants to follow Miss Edith. I will uh, go ahead and wrap it up, and we appreciate you giving us time to interview with us for the show. Sure, yeah, thanks for having me, Mitch. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 